Welcome to the home of the blessed people, and here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Adeyemo. You are welcome to today's service once again. You can grab your Bibles, your pens, and your writing materials as we go on in the Word of God today. For some time now, the Lord has been teaching us. We've started a series captioned, Growing in the Lord. What the Spirit of God has been telling us in this local assembly is to grow to grow up spiritually because there are certain things God will want to do. There are certain things God will want to impart. There are certain things that God wants to bless us with. But when our spiritual maturity is not at par, we lose out of the blessings, of the rights, of the privileges, of the positions we have in Christ Jesus because some things are only handed over to matured children of God. And the Bible says the whole heart is waiting. Can you please adjust the microphone? There's a little bit of echo. Praise God. The Bible says the whole earth is waiting for the manifestation. According to, he, according to Romans 8, 19, they are waiting for the manifestation of the heels of God, the matured children of God. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you this morning that you connect to what God is saying. The Bible says the foundation of the last days, it said, will be built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, talking about the apostolic ministry, the teaching ministry of the word of God, and also the prophetic ministry of the word of God. I want you to understand that it is your responsibility to connect to whatever God is saying, and the benefits are yours because he has said these things I have spoken unto you that your joy may be full. When God speaks, he has you in mind before he spoke. He speaks for your own benefit. He said these things I have said that your joy might be full. Praise God. And I want to encourage you with all my heart that you connect to what God is saying and you do what God is saying. So therefore, today I'm taking the part one of this message I'm going to share with you seven fundamental principles for spiritual growth. God is saying grow. Many people want to grow, but they don't know how to grow. They don't know what to do to grow. And that is why we are going to take these seven fundamental principles. These principles, when you do them, these principles, when you obey them, these principles, when you act your faith on them, they will make you grow exponentially. Growth becomes normal. Growth becomes a walk in the park. Growth becomes a normal thing you are experiencing, not just once a while, but daily, hourly, every minute in your life. You are just experiencing growth. Like the Bible says, the path of the just is like a shining light that shines brighter and brighter, even unto the perfect day. Talking about the late day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So quickly, if you've got your writing materials, we will go this morning. To grow spiritually, there are seven steps which I believe personally, when you take them, when you take these steps, you will not just do well, you will do exceptionally well. And when these steps are not in your life, when these principles are not in your life, there's nothing you do also that will make things go well as so as to speak. You will still be operating below the capacity that God has designed you for. So without wasting more time, 
I will go to the first step, the first principles in this growth is to learn to forget. Learn to forget. Before I go over this learn to forget, let me give you the seven. Praise God. Like I said, we can't finish everything. This is part one, and then we'll continue the part two next week. The first one is learn to forget. The second one is learn to forgive. Why are we learning? Because nobody was born with these things. You have to learn it. Even after becoming a Christian, there are things you learn. There are things you train yourself in. You give yourself to it. So number one, you learn to forget. Number two, you learn to forgive. Number three, you learn to pray. You learn to pray. Number four, you learn to believe. You learn. Believing is a thing you learn. Nobody was born with a believing mind when you came from heaven. No. Number five, you learn to worship. Many people assume that worship is a thing that is intrinsic in you. No. You learn it. You learn the art of worship. Praise God. Number six, you learn to give. You learn to give. The whole Adamic nature has taken another nature. Praise God. And when you take on the new nature, these are things you learn. You learn to give. The new nature has capacity to give. It's a giving nature. And you see, the more you give, the more you grow. Praise God. Number seven, you learn to witness. You learn to be a witness. That's the assignment many Christians have lost. When you're a witness, you discover that you have no choice but to be matured. Because there are people you have witnessed to Christ, you can't unwitness Christ in their presence. They can't hear of unwitnessed un, un behavior about you. It makes you responsible when you're a witness. Praise God. All right? Those are the seven. So let's go over the first one. You learn to forget. Learn to forget the past. Philippians chapter 3. Verses 13 and 14. Please, please put it on the screen for the people of God. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Quickly. Verse 13. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this is one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto the things which are before. I press. I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Notice what Paul, Apostle Paul, did here. Excuse me. Notice he did not believe that he has arrived yet. This is a man who has wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He had had several encounters with the King of Glory himself. He had abundance of revelation. The Lord taught him himself personally for the backside of the desert of Arabia for three and a half years. He had seen the Lord Jesus Christ on several encounters face to face. He had abundance revelation that even those who were physically present with Jesus could not contend with the kind of revelation he had. This was somebody who could easily say, I've seen it all. I've had it all. I've seen the master himself. I saw the one who was crucified. I saw him. The Bible makes us to understand in the, when he was teaching the, 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 the church in Corinth, the Corinthian church, when he was teaching them uh, the communion, 
He said, look, this one, I received it of the Lord. He probably even ate communion. He probably ate communion himself with the Lord Jesus Christ. Abundance of revelation. If there's anybody who should say, I've seen it all, I've had it all, there is nothing else to learn, should be Apostle Paul. But what was he saying? He said even abounds the apostles. I was supposed to be least of them, but I'm chief of them. But what was he saying? Notice, anyone who wants to grow and keep growing should have this mindset that was in Apostle Paul. What Paul suggests here is this. Actually, the more you grow in the Lord, you learn about him, the more you realize how little you know. How little you know in life. Like I said, this was a man with abundance of revelation. Actually, he had more than the average person had in his days. Praise God. But he said something. Before I press on, before I move on, before I keep on striving for the high calling of Christ, there is one thing that needs to be done. You need to forget. Everybody say forget. He said you need to forget. He said, brethren, I count myself not to have apprehended. I have not made it. With all the abundance of revelation, with everything I've encountered, with the revelations, with the things the Lord has taught me, with the encounters I've had with angels, with the encounters I've had with angelic beings, he fought even with principalities as powers. The Bible says he fought with, with demons in Ephesus as beasts. He wrestled with men like beasts. He had different encounters. But this one thing he said he still do. He said he still does. He forgets those things that are behind. Praise God. He forgets. He forgets. What are we to forget? Because if you don't forget, listen to me. You might want to press on. But the more you press, you will be oppressed. If you don't deal with the things you should deal for, with. Are you listening to me? He said, first step of pressing forward is to forget. Now, I want to quickly give you what you need to forget. Number one, you need to forget even the blessings of God, the good things, the manna that has fallen from heaven from you. You need to forget them. And I think the Lord illustrated this when he was even feeding the children of Israel. You see, the manna was only for a day. After the day, no matter how much you store the manna, it will be stale the next day. Paul was saying that was how he lived his life. Even the good things that have happened in his life, he forgets them. He forgets them not as an ungrateful child. He forgets them because if he hangs on to them, the greater ones coming, he cannot reach them. He forgets them because there are greater things ahead that he needs to press in towards. Praise God. I like what one great man of God said, Smith Wigglesworth. Praise God. He said, I am satisfied only with the dissatisfaction that, are, that needs to be satisfied again and again. I am only satisfied with the dissatisfaction that needs to be satisfied again and again. What is he saying by that statement? 
is trying to say, no matter how much of God he had known, no matter the spiritual plateau he has reached, no matter the height of destiny he has attained, he is still going to be dissatisfied because he wants more of God. Ladies and gentlemen, don't ever get to that place or stage in your life where you sit down and say, I know it all. I'm satisfied with all. Such people never grow again. Such people have started dying from that day. There was a man in the scriptures, the Bible says, oh, he's going to expand his, his barn. He has, he, he has made uh, profit. He's going to expand his barn. He's going to eat. He's going to drink. And he's just going to marry. The Bible says the Lord showed up to him that, light, that night. He said, you fool. Your soul is required of you. Life is not for eating and drinking alone. You have just ended your journey. Praise God. The day you give up from growing, the day you give up from pressing, the day you don't forget those things that are behind, you see, you stop making progress. I'm trying to encourage you this morning, ladies and gentlemen, that don't ever get to that point that you are satisfied. Keep on being dissatisfied, just like Apostle Paul, I, I mean, just like that man of God, Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, I am still dissatisfied. I am only satisfied with the dissatisfaction that needs to be satisfied again and again. We thank God for good things, the blessings of yesteryears. But let us be dissatisfied like Smith Wigglesworth. Otherwise, we will stop growing. That's what you want to avoid. Never stop growing in your life. No matter how many times you have read the Bible from cover to cover, don't stop reading the Bible. Praise God. No matter how much of tongues you have spoken, don't stop doing that. You keep on pressing in. Tell your neighbor I press. Listen to me. The second thing because of our time, so that we don't stop growing, is that we must learn to forget past mistakes, past failures, and past sins. He said the things that are behind what does he do to them? He forgets them. You, you learn it. The things that are behind. Yes, God blessed you two years ago. God just blessed you last week. I am grateful. He did bless me. But there are greater blessings ahead. Don't let me be stuck with the past. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The past goodies, the past blessings, the past things that I will be grateful every day, but they are greater ahead. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So I need to forget those things that are behind. Not in an attitude of ingratitude. It's an attitude of gratitude, but an attitude also reaching for greater things ahead. Are you listening to me? Also forget your past sins. Forget your past failures. You have failed once. You have failed twice. You have failed three times. It does not matter. Our head is still bright. Our head is still beautiful. Are you listening to me? Past failures. You need to forget them. As long as Satan can keep you in those past failures, he has put you. He holds you in a position where you will never develop spiritually. You will never develop spiritually. If you let him hold you in those past failures, that's very dangerous. And a lot of saints are there. The enemy has held them in their past failures. Any prayer of your prayer and faith does not work when you are in that box. 
Amen. So tell yourself, I'm getting out. I'm getting out of every past failure. In the name of Jesus. All of us are failed one way or the other in our lives. We are not proud of it, nor are we, nor do we want to advertise it that we are failures, failures. No. Praise God. We are not proud of it. But is there anybody who hasn't failed before in life? Let him put his hands up. Then I will show you the greatest liar in town. Praise God. We have failed before. We all have failed. All of us have had shares about failure. Often we'd not like to admit it, but we have failed in times past. As you grow spiritually and look back, at times you thought you got it right, you got it best. Amen? When you look now, when you have grown a little bit further and you look at what you did two, three years ago, you feel like kicking yourself at the back. How many people have felt that way before? You feel like kicking yourself. You mean I advised you to do this? Praise God. Different things that you have done. How you have advised your friend. Maybe your friend just gave you a, a, a hint of how the husband treated her. You said, he did that to you? <laughs> if he were my husband. Hey! You adjusted yourself and you gave her a piece of your mind. And the piece of your mind was so dirty that when you grew three years later, you now look back, you say, ha, ah, did I do that? Really? I said that? Praise God. We don't like to admit it. You see, such things, we need to repent of them. Are you getting what I'm saying? We need to repent of them. We, we have to confess those things that we know about. But of course, there are many we can't remember. So the ones we don't remember, we apply the blood of Jesus. Because the Bible says it cleanses us subconsciously from other sins. Amen? But let me tell you what God does to sin. And I want you to hold this to heart. And that is why people like Apostle Paul is saying, forget those things that are behind. Why could Paul stand, a murderer, the man who killed several Christians? I still want to watch him and Stephen when they get to heaven. How him and Stephen will sort out that matter. Praise God. Because he was the chief executor, chief assassin of his assassination. Praise God. But the same Paul said, we have robbed no man. We have killed no man. Ah, you, Paul. But why? Because Paul learned to forget the past. You can stick to the past. People who know your history can stick to their past. But you must learn to forget it. Are you listening to me? Isaiah 43, 25. Oh, there's somebody under the sound of my voice. Your past cannot hold you anymore. I said your past will not hold you anymore. I say every chain your past has on you, every mud the devil has on you is broken now in the name of Jesus. That memory, he said, is going to blot out every transgression, every sin, every statement that has been written against you. God, wipe it out today in the name of Jesus. Turn your Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 43 verse 25. Isaiah 43 25. You got to hurry up. Um, uh, media department. Make sure you are put your best guy on that screen. Because I need some fast moves this morning. I even I. I am he that blotted out thy translations. For my own sake. For whose sake? For God's sake. He said and I will not remember thy sins. What? Who said that? God. For whose sake? For his sake. 
He said, he will not remember your sins anymore. So if God says he has forgotten your sins, he has buried them in the sea of forgetfulness, why are you still there fishing every day? Trying to fish out the old things that have been buried. Aren't you going to thank your God this morning who says he will not remember your sins anymore? The writer in the book of Hebrews said something similar. In Hebrews chapter 8 verse 12. Hebrews 8 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, said the Lord. I will be merciful to their unrighteousness. And their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Because some people can say that's the Old Testament, Pastor. Even in the New Testament. God says for his own children, for his own people. Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Oh, some people can say, well, that is for sinners. What about sins? Let's move forward. John wrote in the book of 1 John. Book of First John to the church, not to the world. The book of First John was written to the church, to believers. He said he was talking about he was talking to the believers, and he said, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from every act of unrighteousness. First John 1 9. So thank God for his promise of forgiveness. He will forgive. Hallelujah. God does not want us to sin, but if we do sin, Jesus Christ is our advocate with the Father who will plead our case. Praise God. This is no sermon in any way to encourage you to sin. No. It's to encourage you to be what God wants you to be. It's for you to grow spiritually so that you are not stuck in the valley of dry bones, you are not stuck in the valley of sin and sinville and all the sins of this world where there is provision for you to get out of it. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? First John chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. First John chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. Please, you've got to be fast on that screen. Amen. My little children, these things I write to you that ye sin not, and if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Did you see that? You are not to sin. You are not born to sin. You have been delivered from sin. But if you do, you have an advocate. He was, wrong. He, he was writing to believers. He was writing to Christians. Christians are not planned. They are not programmed. They are not designed to sin. But if you do make a mistake, if you do sleep, the Bible says you have an advocate. Praise God. And verse 2 says, And he's the propitiation for our sins, and not for us only, but also the sins of the whole world. John, John is saying that Jesus is the atonement for our sins. Not only for our sins as Christians, as well as the sins of the whole world. As he's advocating for us, he's advocating for the sin of unbelievers as well. Praise God. So when we put all these three scriptures together, it tells us that when we confess our sins, I taught you about four weeks ago about what you need to do to confess your sins and you'll be delivered, right? Praise God. Three things take place. Listen, and you can write this down. If you combine the three scriptures we just read. Number one, God not only cleanses us from all unrighteousness, he also forgives us. So he cleanses us, he forgives us, 
we'll start again. The first thing we need to do is to do what? Confess our sins. And what will he do? He cleanses us. He forgives us. But he will not remember our sins anymore. That is where saints need to graduate to. He will not remember your sins anymore. Once you have confessed it, once you have forsaken it, once you have confessed it, Jesus Christ of Nazareth is going to cleanse you of that sin and is going to do what? Cleanse you and do what? Forgive you, forgive you, forgive you. And he will not remember it anymore. In order to grow spiritually, every believer needs to take advantage of 1 John 1, 9 and 1 John 2, 1 and 2 to receive forgiveness of sins. However, once a believer confesses his sin, he must make the decision to stop remembering them. You must make up your mind. Once you have confessed your sins, you are not going to remember them no more because God forgets them. So why do you want to remember them? Praise God. Praise God. If Apostle Paul did not forget his own sins, if he did not forget his own sins and he did not believe that God had cleansed him from all sins, he cannot do what he was doing. You know what he would do all his life? Oh, poor me, a sinner. This blood cannot be cleansed from my hand. And he would build a monument and a doctrine out of it. Do you understand? So those things that you think the devil have on you, go and confess them. When you confess them, you forsake them. The Bible says he buries them in the sea of forgetfulness. And you are as free as freedom could be. The Bible says, if God be for you, who, who can be against you? There's no accuser anymore. The only one is the legitimate accuser, the accuser of the brethren. And when the blood of Jesus shows up, what happens to all his accusations? Wiped out. Praise God. I said, praise God. Oh, some people are not excited there. Uh, ha, 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 ha. Praise God. Number two, learn to forgive. You learn to forget. Learn to forget good things. Learn to forget bad things. Number two, learn to do what? Forgive. Learn to forgive. Many people in their Christian walk, this has held us bondage. This has held us bound. This has truncated many spiritual growth. You will see believers who are doing well in their Christianity and a big event happens in their lives that has to do with forgiveness. And that alone is strong, not only to derail them, they will be derailed from God's program of growth for their lives. And not only that, you will see many times people will never attain again to that spiritual temple. Why? Because of forgiveness. I've seen it again and again. I'll see believers that God is doing wonders in their lives. I could see their future. You know me, my life is all about destiny. I can protect it to the future and say, oh, I pray for this woman. I pray for this man to continue in the race, not to be distracted. But you see, the devil knows. The devil knows. He knows everything about the word and what the word, and he knows how he can derail you as a believer. He will just make a pardon, unpardonable offense 
Somebody will offend you and you will take that offense as your new career. Are you listening to me? It will not be what your life is all about. Oh, you don't understand what they did to me. I don't want to understand what they did to you. What you hold Jesus Christ was more than that. But he died anyway for you. So give it up. Oh, pastor, don't understand. They stabbed me. If they stabbed me in the back, it could have been okay. But they stabbed me in the back and twisted the knife. It was more painful. You don't understand. I don't want to understand. Praise God. I understand that you owe Jesus Christ more than that. And if he forgive you, you've got no choice. Go and forgive others. I've seen many lives truncated because of this. I'm telling you that you are laughing. Jesus even mentioned it in the scriptures. He said even if you have brought a gift to the altar, he said leave it there. Many people don't know that the offense was not about the offense. The offense was about you stopping to grow. Many people don't recognize that this is an attack on the devil. It's not about the person who came to bring the offense. It's about your own life. And many do not understand. I wonder why people don't get that spiritual discernment and see that, no, this is trying to stop my journey. I am moving forward. I'm advancing by the energy of gospel. You see the time. Anybody who has been there will know. The time you are mad or angry or unforgiving, it first attacks your fellowship with God. You don't flow very well anymore. The house of God that you have been happy coming into. Let us go to the house of the Lord. To the house. You are so happy coming to God's house. The same house that you are glad. You'll be sad going there. Why? Because church folks have offended you. Church folks have hurt you. It's not about church folks. It's about your life. The enemy just wants them to take you. Praise God. And I'm begging you by the mercies of God, listen to me today as I show you the scriptures so that you get out of this and you conquer unforgiveness once and for all. Because it's not about this year, let me tell you, you are still crying over the person that offended you last year. Let me give you flashing news, breaking news. Many more are still on the way to offend you even more. Hallelujah. So what you need to do is get more steel in your back. What you need to do is to grow. You know what the eagle does to the wind? When the storm comes and everything, the eagle just goes flap, 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 flies above the storm. That is where you should be. Everybody in the storm is complaining. The eagle is enjoying above the storm. That is how your life will be. You will be above the storm in the name of Jesus. Are you ready with me today? Similar to learning how to forget the past. If you want to grow spiritually, you must learn to forgive. Learn it. Stop failing the test of forgiveness. Stop passing it on every side. In every relationship, this is my advice. As one also almost becoming an elder statesman in the body of Christ now. Leave a little bit of room. Don't run a tight ship. We are human beings. There will be error. 
If you are looking for a perfect church, you will never find one. Praise God. The day you find one, it becomes imperfect because of you. Praise God. So what I'm trying to say is this. In relationships, leave room. People will make error. Leave the room so that when the error is made, there is room. They've been accommodated. Praise God. In the same way Jesus Christ forgave, you should, should distribute forgiveness. Amen. All right, let's go on. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4.32. And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Underline that's what is the scripture. So it's not pastor telling you to, it's already an instruction in the scriptures. For you to forgive one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, had forgiven you. It's easy to be kind to those who are kind to you. It is not easy to be tender-hearted to those who are tender-hearted to you or tender-hearted towards you. It is not easy to be kind to those who treat you badly. How many people agree with me? It's not easy. People are treated you It's not easy to be kind to them. But note, Paul said, be kind to one another as God forgave you. That means, have, that means you have to forgive your fellow brothers and your fellow sisters when they offend you. It means that even those that are without, you need to forgive them. Fellow brothers too, fellow believers too, they need forgiveness. How did God say you should forgive? Let us see how God forgives. Because he said, be ye imitators of God as their children. Let's see how God forgives. Isaiah 43, 25. <laughs> this is still Christianity 101. I hope you pass this 101 Christianity. Because you, you even see people who have gone up. And you wonder why some blessings are not coming. Ah. Ah. Praise God. I wish you know the poison that unforgiveness releases to the, to the Christian person. I, 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 I pray that God opens your eyes. You see all this thing. Don't have anything to do with it. It's not part of the package. But Christians embrace it more than the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, it's, a, it's becoming, you are talking of pandemic. This is a Christian pandemic. Unforgiveness. It's all over, everywhere. I'll tell you some personal experiences now. We need to get rid of this evil. You know what I Praise God. I remember in those days when unbelievers would, would share with me that the reason why they love Christianity, these are people from other faiths. They will say, the reason why they love Christianity is simply because of forgiveness. <laughs> but today, I don't, know whether, I don't know whether we can chest out and shoulders up on that anymore. He said, that's one thing about, he said, Christians forgive. Praise God. Isaiah 43, 25, he said, I will blot out your transgression." I will not remember your sins anymore. Who is speaking here? God. 
And how are we to be as children of God, imitators of God as their children? If God forgives and forgets, what should we do? We also forgive and forget. Praise God. These days, believers have a black book. They bring it out. You see, I would have forgiven you. But you see, in December 2014, you remember, we were all celebrating here at that corner. You did not, I wanted to hug you. You folded your hands. That's December 2014. Again, in 2016, June 22, it was a rainy day. You even remember the weather. It was a raining day out there. You, you keep memories. The Bible says, what do we do to all these things that people have done to you? Forget them. Bury it in the sea of forgetfulness. God forgets. Oh, pastor, it's difficult. It's, di it's difficult because you have made it difficult. Praise God. Aren't you glad when God says he doesn't remember your own sin? How come you want to keep the sin of others? That's not fair. I hope I still have friends. Praise God. To forgive as God forgives means you are not to remember any wrong a fellow Christian might have done to you. I have seen people sick and stay sick because they did not practice this scripture. I remember of recent a lady walked up to me. She had cancer. She was brought to me by another member of this church and said, well, let's go and see our pastor. I know God has used him on several occasions in things like this. So the lady came, told me her story. The cancer is a terminal one. It's about, I think they were, their diagnosis was a stage three cancer. And you know at stage three, mm -hmm, chances are so slim. But you have been a witness to when even stage four cancers has been healed in this ministry. Glory be to God. This lady narrated her story to me. And immediately as I was going to lay hands on her to pray, the spirit of God spoke. I love moments like that. Tell her to forgive. I prayed for her all the same, but I said, woman, you do not even need prayers. There's somebody that has offended you. I said, the way the Spirit of God revealed it to me, it's a deep wound. But you need to forgive. Once you forgive this person, this thing, you will, you, you will, uh, you will overcome it. Hmm. She first paused. You know how the Bible says uh, the friends of Job came to Job and sat down with him for seven days. They did not utter a word. I sensed that silence. She just kept quiet and sat. Praise God. To cut the long story short, it was a difficult thing. It's as difficult as because she had even for, they have offended her, but she has even forgotten the offense. Not forgotten in the way we are talking about. We are talking about forgetting as an unfortunate. Nothing can undo this anymore. But 
It's a long story because of our time. What I want to bring out is that she did not only forgive this person, and immediately she forgave this person. The diagnosis, when she went back for the next round of diagnosis, it was like the only thing the doctor did not say is that it seems I misdiagnosed you. What am I trying to say? She got her healing. In fact, the woman was so shocked. You will still get her testimony. I've told her that you, you need to do a video recording of this. She was healed completely. That is God. I have seen, I have seen cases on healing lines. They can be, that's why I know it's like a pandemic in the body. You can see, how can 10 people line up for healing? And the Spirit of God told me that every one of them is forgiveness. Really? And let me tell you, the, let me tell you the truth of it. Even the pastor was shocked of the church because they all got healed in forgiving. Do you know how many diseases, sicknesses, gain access into our lives because we don't forgive? Praise God. With all you know in the scriptures, do you think cancer should take any child of God out? With all you know in the scriptures, do you think sicknesses and... Why did Jesus die? Is it not for sicknesses and diseases? Why? Let God be true. And let everyone be a liar. Praise God. Ladies and gentlemen, it's an encouragement. It's not to bash anybody. I've also been there. I've been there in places where it's almost difficult to forgive. Praise God. It's almost difficult. But you see, Christ makes the difference. Are you listening to me? Praise God. I was going to give another testimony, but because of our time. So, by refusing to be kind-hearted, you can see that you are costing yourself a lot. Many people have become hard-hearted and unforgiving, and poisons have entered their body because of unforgiveness. I've also seen people get healed just like that. As soon as they make up their mind, as soon as they choose to forgive others, praise God, and healing just takes place. A classic text to this is Matthew 18, 21, and 22. Matthew 18, 21 and 22. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how often? You will know that Peter was, <laughs> praise God. <laughs> you know that uh, for him to come and ask this question, people have tormented him. Do you understand? Praise God. Then came Peter to him and said, how often shall my brother sin against me? See, he was careful. He asked very well. He didn't say unbeliever. He said, how often will my brother sin against me? Let's time it. Because some people are overdoing this thing. Because of Christianity. He said, how long, how many times can I forgive him? And he suggested to Jesus Christ, till seven times, because seven is the number of perfection. After seven, what is next? Let me retaliate. Jesus Christ now told him, no. It's not seven times. It's 70 times seven. In a day, 490 times. Now, 
I don't think there's anybody on the earth that will offend somebody 490 times between 24 hours. That's not possible. But what Jesus was trying to communicate is that there's no room for unforgiveness. Praise God. People have said to me, but you don't know how painful it is. You don't know how awful it is. Like I said, listen, it does not matter what anyone has done to us. It's nothing compared to the debt we hold Jesus Christ. If the one who forgave us instructed us to forgive others, I think that's what we should always do. Amen. How much more should we be willing to forgive others, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ? When we learn forgiveness and practice it, we will grow spiritually. We will grow spiritually. You'll find out that nothing can offend you. Nothing can. If you just learn it, if you just make up your mind, I am not going to be offended. I refuse to be offended. I love my brethren. I love my, the people of God. There was, a man, there was this man in, uh, in uh, uh, David Yonggi Cho's uh, ministry in, in South Korea. Actually, one of his elders in the church. Something happened to him. Uh, he was in the Korean army during the Second World War. And uh, after the World War, he was sending money home, sending money home to build a house. So after the war was over, he came. He came back to meet his wife that they have been sending money to build the house. But when he got to the house, the woman had married somebody else. He tried to fight, make trouble. They threw him out. He went to his in-law's house. He said, what happened? We sent money. All the years I was in war. Uh, my wife, you have given her away to another marriage. My house, my money, everything had gone. He was trying to make more trouble. They threw him out. The man became bitter. He was bitter and so annoyed, angry with life. To the point he now met. This is how he became a member of Paul Yonggi Cho's church. This is a true life story. He now went to the church, and there was a healing line. So he went on the healing line because out of those bitterness and anger, he had developed a disease called tuberculosis. So he was coughing, and if you know uh, some of the side effects of TB, you'll be coughing blood and things like that. So he got on the line. Immediately, the man of God wanted to lay hands on him. He said, ah. He said, there is somebody you need to forgive. He replied, he said, let God keep his healing. That's how bitter he was. He said, for forgiveness, I'd rather die in this condition, rather than forgive that woman. You don't understand what this woman did to me. Every cent from the war went to marry somebody else. Even if you marry somebody, give me my money back. He didn't marry. Plus money, plus house, plus everything. He said, let God keep his healing. He's not interested. Then the man of God counseled him, counseled him, said, okay, where will I start from? The man of God said, okay, start confessing him. I love my wife. I love my wife. Start saying it. I love my wife. The very first day he was going to say, I love my Then the name of the wife came out. He covered his mouth. He said, no. It was, it was very tough. But this man overcame. He became a very successful businessman. God set him up. He became 
one of the biggest rice merchants in South Korea. Then there came a disaster again. One day, the Korean flood took place. If you Google, if you're a student of history, you know there was a time there was a Korean flood. And this man had warehouses where sacks of rice are. If you understand rice, when it mixes with water, that's the end of rice. So all his warehouse, all his storehouses, they were underwater. What do you think the man of God did? He ran to his store. He said, this man, that we knew the work we did before he forgave the wife. This one will not forgive God for drowning. <laughs> Praise God. But to the man of God's surprise, when he got to his store, he was in front of his store, and he was singing, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Well, the rest is history. The Lord restored him back again to a thousandfold and his commitment, his consecration to God was still intact. Amen to Jesus. Glory be to God. So ladies and gentlemen, I want to encourage you, please do not hold on to unforgiveness at all. It doesn't pay you to do so. And the Lord will bless you. Last but not the least, number three, learn to pray. Learn to pray. Jesus Christ said, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Men ought always to pray and not to give up. A successful prayer life must be built on the word of God. I will take that again. A successful prayer life is a life that is built on the word of God. John 15, 7 says, Jesus said, If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, then ye shall ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. You have to learn to pray and pray successfully. A successful prayer life is built on the word of God. You cannot you cannot, you cannot have a solid prayer life without building your faith on the word of God, your life on the word of God. Now, if you like, you can take part of this and say, for example, you shall ask anything and it shall be given. That's what most Christians do. They will just take part of it. You, the Bible says you will ask anything and it shall be given. You ask anything and it shall be given. Is that what the Bible is saying there? Put it on the screen for the people of God. He said, before you can ask anything, you will first abide in me, and my word also will do what? Abide in you. If you have not fulfilled that condition, then you are not qualified. You are not qualified to ask anything. Praise God. It's conditional. If you abide in me, abide means to walk in a continual fellowship. You are strong with your fellowship in God. You are strong to the point that my words also abide in you. You will never be successful in your prayer life if you don't know God's word. Sometimes people approach me, pastor, agree with me on this. I say, good. I'll say, what scripture are you basing or are you standing on for this to come to pass? They'll say nothing. Then I'll say, you have nothing. It's not a curse. It's just what you said. 
You must first sit down and base your praying on the scripture. There are times in my own life, I'm believing God for something. I don't start praying straight. No. I'll sit down and build my faith base. I'll first look for the scriptures. What does God have to say? I will gather the scriptures. Not even though, even when I know what God has to say, there are times I still need to sit down and meditate on those scriptures. Making sure that my faith is in place. Because when my faith is not in place, I pray amiss. Hello? This is learning to pray. Amen? You will only have answers to your prayer when your prayer life is built on the word of God. Write it down. You will only have answers to your prayers when your prayer life is built on the word of God. So when you have a need, locate scriptures that promise you that what you are going to pray about. Certain needs, like I told you in my own life, that's how I get them done. Take time to get the word of God first and build a solid foundation for your faith. Take time. Everybody say take time. Say it like a minute, take time. Take time to gather the word of God to build your solid faith. Even when you know what the word of God says, take time to build a solid foundation for your faith. It's very important. You've known that word. You say it again and again. Make sure you have the faith foundation built. If you cannot find a specific scripture, then pray to God. Pray the, then ask God to talk to you about the situation. Because the Bible says in Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit are the sons of God. Let God lead you. And God will lead you. And as you wait on God in faith, this is what happens. The Holy Spirit will minister God's wisdom to you. He'll say, okay, go and do it this way. He will minister his wisdom from his word. He'll say, go and do it this way about your situation. That's what it's going to do. Once you have a foundation of faith in the world, then pray according to the scriptural guidelines of Jesus Christ for the New Testament. And that's allowing God's word to abide in you. That's the word. You, are not, you see, by the time you are building that faith, scriptural base, that is faith, that's the word abiding in you. You are getting the word of God into the system. It's not about you now. It's not about the situation. It's not about the circumstance. It's now, you are now building that faith. You are building it. You are building it. And God cannot deny his word. Sometimes our praying is too shallow. It's not loaded. It can't go above the roof. There's no concrete word. It's full of emotion. It's full of, ah, oh God, oh God. You can say, oh God, 20 times. What does that mean? The Bible says even the devil believes in God and he trembles. So what have you achieved? But he said, my word, I have highly exalted, even above my name. Get the word of God. Build that faith system. How do you channel it into the New Testament? As I begin to round up, John 16, 23 and 24. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily I say unto you, whatever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will, get it, he will give it to you. He that though you have not asked me anything in my name, ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. Pray to the Father 
in the name of Jesus Christ. What did I say? Pray to the Father. That's New Testament praying. You pray to the Father. In whose name? In the name of Jesus. Why? Based on what Jesus said here. Say you have not asked anything. Ask in my name. It shall be done. But when are you to ask in the name? When you have built the foundation of faith. Praise God. It's only as you build your prayer life solidly on the word of God that you will grow spiritually. When you have built it on the word, you begin to grow spiritually. Because you know how it works. It's not because of the decibel of your voice that makes your prayer answer. No, there is something it needs to be coated and loaded with in the realm of the spirit that it will tear doors open. It will jump skies. It will jump mountains. The prayer will keep on going. What, what makes that happen is when you are built it solidly on the wall. I tell you there are days sometimes, there's some, a pressing need. It could take me three days gathering scriptures for it. Meditating on it, staying on it. Rooming large on it. Then you just go and exercise your dominion on the situation. Praise God. You keep on loading yourself with it. And next week we are going to continue this series. I hope you have been blessed today. Hallelujah. Stand up on your feet like a champion and lift up those hands to heaven and worship him. Thank you, Father. We have learned in your word today. We have learned to forget. We have learned to forgive. We have also learned to pray. On this journey of spiritual growth, help us that will be solid at the end of the day. We'll be solid in you. Come on, lift up those hands and worship him in your living room. Go on doing that. Worship him. Mention the things you have learned today to his ear. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 1045 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.